You're listening to the Unpacking It Live podcast, presented by MetaShare. Each week, Bryce, Luke, and Henry unpack sports, faith, and life with the goal of challenging, encouraging, and inspiring you to follow Jesus and become more like Him. Now, from Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here's your host, Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It Live podcast presented by MetaShare. I'm Bryce Johnson. For the next hour, we will unpack sports, faith, and life with you and the Unpacking It community of sports fans. Luke is with us. We'll hear from Henry in a little bit, hopefully, as well. little tap drill. So much going on in the world of sports, and we love talking with you all about it. The World Series is over. Another wild day in the NFL. College basketball begins today and tonight. Wow, it's here. College basketball is back. Can't believe, uh, yeah, all that time since April. I, miss, I was all in in April, so now it's back. Uh, but yesterday in the NFL, wow. The Packers, where do we go from here? I was reading an article before we came on air. It's time to uh, to fire. Time to bench Aaron Rodgers. Is that true? Is that the answer? And then also before the show, the Indianapolis Colts have fired Frank Reich. My Super Bowl pick. <laughs> Things are spiraling downward. So what does that say about me? What does that say about the Colts? And wait, who is their interim head coach? We'll get to that in just a moment because we are fired up to talk about it because it's such a, a just bizarre, interesting, maybe great move. Who knows? It's just up in the air at this point. Um, we'll also talk about the the Bengals dominating the Panthers. Uh, how about the Chiefs last night getting a nice win? The Bucks finally win again. What's up with that? And so today's Unpack This Topic is all about the get-right game. You know, that game that teams need. All right, that was our get right game. We needed, we needed that. And then also, how about college football? Going back to Saturday, things got flipped upside down a little bit. But why wasn't Georgia just number one? Georgia's the team to beat. Georgia, they're the rainy champs. And all of a sudden, we've, we've downplayed them. Well, they're back. And, uh, and so we'll talk a little bit about uh, college football. And I, I still can't get over Brian Kelly and LSU getting the win, and then it was like they won the Super Bowl. And it, afterward, listening to his postgame comments that somehow he's he's restoring LSU. Restoring? They were just they were national champs a couple years ago. So, gosh, we got a lot to get to today. A lot, lot of fun. So uh, let's, say, let's say hello to Luke. And we've got a big announcement on today's show as well. I want Luke to be a part of this. Uh, Luke, how are you doing? Yeah, doing really good. It is not too often when we're discussing the show, doing our show prep Monday morning, the world, the sports world goes <laughs> insane. I, I messaged you this morning, hey, Frank Reich, Frank Reich is out. And we're, we're on a call talking about the show. And you go, did you hear who they just hired as their interim oh. head coach? And we were just dying. So... I, as as podcast hosts, uh, we are blessed with chaos, and it, 
I don't even know how how you're walking straight now with your Super Bowl pick has <laughs> just been in the boxing ring, just taking haymakers all season long. And yikes. Their answer is Jeff Saturday, ESPN <laughs> analyst, former center, high school college or high school head coach in Georgia, Jeff Saturday. I mean, this it I still it still doesn't seem real to me that this is a a real decision midway through the season to bring somebody in off off the street. He he hasn't been in any of the meetings. He hasn't he hasn't been around the team. I mean, I guess he's I I shouldn't say that. He's been like a consultant. So he has been around the team. He's been a consultant. Which that to me, is very vague. Dis- Whatever very vague and still I would I would consider more of a because really a consultant is more of a distance like you're coming in to give an honest you know uh, critique and and kind of what's going on that would be my understanding of what a, a consultant would do not someone in the trenches and in the locker room and in the the, the meetings and now all of a sudden he's going to lead the meetings I mean that's that's crazy yeah and yeah. and I was thinking about it I was like you know what I think in basketball you could pull it off. Because basketball, there's only five guys on the court. If you have one good player, like he can kind of keep things going. Like Absolutely. It's possible. It's possible. But in football, in the NFL, to bring somebody with no head coaching experience midway through the season with without having his guys on his staff, I, I just don't understand. I, I can't wrap my mind around it. And so where does that leave us? I'm convinced they're tanking and there's really no getting around it. I mean, it's very clear and it's almost embarrassingly clear at this point that they want the number one pick or a top three pick and, and to go draft their franchise quarterback. Mm -hmm. And, and so they, it's interesting, both my teams, the Colts and the Panthers have been playing the quarterback, you know, roulette carousel, however you word it. Let's just, Oh, let's bring in this veteran. Let's bring in this veteran. And it hasn't worked. And now both coaches have been fired midway through the season uh, because they never could find the quarterback. And and so now they're going to try to go through the draft, it appears. So, um, so anyway, it's, it's hilarious because it's, it's nuts, especially after all the Miami stuff and the league kind of on alert on don't lose games. There was already potential what's going on with Miami. If Indy is actually tanking, how more obvious could it be? They've shown their hand. We're playing. We're starting Sam Ellinger, who, hey, you know, he he was a Texas legend, but he has no business being a starter in the NFL. He has every right to try to prove it, but it's pretty clear he's not going to be a long-term NFL starter. And then to go hire Jeff Saturday, who's not clueless. Let's not pretend he's not going to be clueless being a head coach. But he, a lot of former players, they intern other coaches. They they spend time in the front office on coaching staffs, gaining experience, because coaching is way different than playing. And it, it takes a whole new set of skills. He has zero experience. You bring him in off the street. Yeah, he's a consultant, but he's been coaching high school football. He's been making ESPN appearances. He's been he's great on been there all, like all season Saturday. long. And we're talking before the show. What does a guy like John Fox think? These are guys on the staff Just that Bradley. have experience who aren't getting the interim head coaching job. It's unbelievable, and with all this stuff with the Washington owner, we we can't have we can't let Jim Irsay have a pass with with shenanigans as an owner. It's yeah. it's it's been years of of wild things going on. Yes, 
No, no question about it. So a lot to unpack there. Curious your thoughts as a listener today. We got the chat open. Henry is here uh, working the chat behind the scenes. And, and so we'd love to know your, your comments on this. And also, we've got a big announcement today. We're, we're so thankful for all of our great supporters here at Unpacking It Ministries. Many of you listening right now, uh, you're either a monthly donor, you, you support the ministry in, in a lot of different ways uh, throughout the year, and, and we're so grateful. It, we, you allow us to do this show and, and the devotionals and the events and the fellowship and all that we do here at Unpacking It. And also, we have wonderful uh, corporate sponsors and, and, and businesses and, and people that come alongside of us in, in different ways. And so uh, MediShare continues to be a partner of ours, and, and I'll talk about them in a little bit as well. But today, we are welcoming a new sponsor here on the Unpacking It Live podcast presented by MediShare. Uh, our new sponsor, you ready for this? Sugar Creek Coffee. That's right. Sugar Creek Coffee. Come on. They, uh, this, is what, this is what their front page says. Passion for coffee, love for people. Hey, Luke and I, we're right there with you. So that's <laughs> why they, they align with us. Uh, Luke and I are, are big coffee drinkers, and, and, and Sugar Creek Coffee is delicious. And so you're going to love it as a, as a listener. I hope that you will add this to your, your morning ritual uh, as you brew coffee in the morning. Do it right. Do it right with Sugar Creek Coffee. Uh, check out SugarCreekCoffee.com and use the promo code UNPACK. Promo code UNPACK and, and check it out. Check out a bunch of different flavors uh, and, and I think you'll, you'll be pleased. Handcrafted, small batch, artesian roasted. This is this is coffee made with care, uh, and so uh, I actually I went to high school uh, with 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 one of the guys that are a part of this and and have uh, a great relationship with the owner and and excited to uh, to have them on board. Uh, they're they're here in, in the Charlotte area, so uh, check them out. Sugar yeah, Creek check Coffee. Check out their website. Up. It is they've got a great team over there. It it makes you feel good drinking their coffee. So, Absolutely. Yeah, go check out their website. A lot of great stuff. And I'm a huge coffee junkie. And I just, their website allows you to just immerse yourself with coffee knowledge and the pictures of their fresh, fresh roasting beans. And selfishly, Absolutely. I'm very excited for this partnership. Yes, this was for Luke. This one is for Luke for <laughs> sure. Uh, but, but sugarcreekcoffee.com. So glad to have them on board with us here on the podcast. And if you can support them, you're supporting us as well. So we, we greatly appreciate that. All right. So yesterday in the NFL, uh, you know, Lots of big kind of surprises. The, the fact that the Bills lost to the the Jets, and I've been I, how wrong if I? Let, let, I'll just confess, I've been wrong about a lot of teams this year. I was wrong about the Jets. I was wrong about the Colts, and I was wrong about the Packers. Chargers. Uh, the jury's you know, still the Chargers, out. Chargers are fine. They got the win yesterday. They needed that. They they're needed fighting. that. They're fighting. They're 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 still in the mix. Um, I was not wrong about the Bucks. They did win yesterday, so it was an impressive win for them. Well, it's uh, impressive. It was impressive. an impressive finish. Anyone's beating the Rams right now. Actually, the Rams are beating themselves. Let, 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 let's face that. That's very true. Um, but 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 I, but in speaking of the Rams, you and I both had the exact same observation, thought, realization, confirmation, and I would let you say it. And, and this this can't be talked about enough, in my opinion. Yeah, so I, I think the, the biggest takeaway, you know, it's, it's the middle of the season. We're starting to think, you know, who's going to win the end-of-season awards? It's so obvious. 
the MVP of the NFL is Cooper Cup. <laughs> no matter what goes on around him, the Rams historical bad offense right now. Matthew Stafford not playing great. He has, I think, the most sacks in the league. The offense is a disaster. The whole team looks like a disaster. What's happened with Allen Robinson? Van Jefferson's been out. No running game. And yet, Cooper Cup, he'll get 10 catches, 120 yards, and a touchdown, no matter what goes on around him. The defense knows they're getting the ball to Cooper Cup. It's unbelievable how he performs the same way no matter what happens. Give him the MVP. How's he even banged up this this week? Exactly, yes. Injury. It's how he's not talked about more is it's it's actually it's outrageous. It's I'm starting to get upset about it because we have one of the greatest players we've ever seen. He just performs. You talked about the other great receivers have down weeks and they'll disappear. Devontae Adams had a, a one-point fantasy game this season. How is that possible? Cooper Cup? Never going to happen. <laughs> Never going to happen. Every it's single so game is the same from him. Yes, the consistency and the elite production, and it, it is remarkable because the Rams could barely move the ball yesterday and barely score, yet Cooper Cup finds the end zone. It feels like every single week. And and so it's it's been a it, – the, the Rams – Actually, I probably I, I wasn't too surprised by this one. The Rams are not good this year, and and as good as they were last year, winning the Super Bowl, they were fun. It was exciting. It was you know we're happy for Stafford. Uh, Cup's the only guy that's really been able to carry it, keep it going. Yeah. Um, that defense was a letdown on that final drive yesterday, and and I mean even the offense yesterday just not closing the deal and winning that game. That that was Ugh. that was frustrating. Um, we'll talk yeah. more about that game in, in a little bit, but but yeah, Kevin I gotta give Kevin has a really funny comment. He says, uh, Ursay says there's enough evidence to remove Snyder as an owner. Is the hiring of Jeff Saturday enough evidence to remove Ursay as an owner? <laughs> Absolutely. No, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, it's so perplexing for us as fans that, you know, the, the amount of control and uh, buy-in that the owners have, like they can get away with so much off the field, on the field, the shenanigans in their, you know, uh, front offices, they, they, they've got it because they've got the power and the money. But what's happened to the Colts, a once highly respected organization with Tony Dungy, with Bill Polian, with Peyton Manning, with Jeff Saturday as the center. I mean, all yeah. those years. But to think about the curse of Andrew Luck, that's what this is. This is the curse of Andrew Luck when he decided to retire and really when the Colts decided not to protect him. When they decided, no, we're not going to have a great offensive line. And, and make sure that our prized quarterback, a, a once-in-a-generation... Generational quarterback. Talent, Generational. We're going to let him run for his life and, and get crushed game oh. after game after game. Um, and then after that, he goes, I'm, I'm out. I can't do this anymore. I, yeah. can't, I can't play. So much and, so that he had to protect his, his, himself physically. He could not play football anymore, or no. it would have done significant long-term damage. That's what the Colts did to him. Uh, I want to. Uh, I saw a tweet from Bill Barnwell. He said the last time a person took over as an NFL coach without any coaching experience at any level, obviously he's a high school coach, to my knowledge, was Norm Van Brocklin in 1961. What the Colts did in hiring Jeff Saturday has not been done since 1961. It's 
It's crazy. It's it's absolutely insane. And and I and I think it's insane that Jeff Saturday picked up that phone and said, "Yes, I'm in." Or that's a great point. We, we can't why? let Jeff Saturday off here. No, I again, I like Jeff. I'm rooting for Jeff, but I don't even know. I don't even. How can it possibly work? He's not. He's set up for failure. This isn't. This isn't how it works in in the NFL. I mean, this would be this would be so outrageous if he somehow shows up on you know all right now I'm going to put together this whole game plan for this week <laughs> yeah. and we're going to go out and, and win on Sunday I I, I just it doesn't it, then we got to if that if that happened we'd have to totally rethink everything I mean yeah. everything so so anyway so for him to step into this it just what's to gain for him he, so he's going to be the cheerleader, you know, the head coach for the net, you know, Hey, come on guys. we got to keep playing hard. Let's go. Yeah. But he doesn't have a system. He doesn't yeah. have, are they just going to continue to do what they've been doing? Well, no, that doesn't work. So you can't do that. But the yeah. rest of the staff is still there. I, They're tanking. The only logical explanation is they want the first pick in the NFL draft. That's it. It's this the only is not thing a winning move. Yeah. To your put Jeff Saturday, he's going to be your cheerleader. He's going to be like, the the mic'd up NBA coaches in the fourth quarter where all we hear them tell their team is, hey, guys, hey, let's keep hustling. Let's grab rebounds. <laughs> okay, that was a waste of 10 seconds. Uh, is there any strategy that I can listen to as a fan here? Because, you know, when an interim – I like when, when teams do make a change midway through the season. We, we've talked a lot about it last year with the Raiders. Yeah, This exactly. year, even with the Panthers, up until the Bengals game, the Panthers at least looked better. Steve Wilkes seemed to, to be getting the guys more energized and motivated and, and the whole feel around the team. They just looked better, sounded better. Everything was positive. Uh, and and then last last week, the Panthers lost to Atlanta kind of in a sad way. And then to come out against the Bengals, it was ugly uh, on Sunday. But Steve Wilkes was still, he was pushing things forward, yet a new voice in the locker room. He's from within. He's the te- The players know him. He knows the culture. You can't. That it's, so it's a slight change. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't matter. It's just like you're kind of on that path and you just finish the season. But to bring in Jeff Saturday, who's an analyst, I, I just. Yeah, what's what's there to gain for Saturday? If he really wanted to be a head coach, this isn't the route to do it. And so and then if they want to try to turn the season around to try to even get that interim head coach boost, he's not set up to do that. What would you do if you're one of the other coaches? What do you think right now? I, I'm I'm walking out the door. Like you hate to give up. You hate to give up on your team. But I didn't even know John Fox was on this staff. But John Fox, a, a guy who's been to the Super Bowl, uh, has you know a, a very solid head coaching career. He he said, "Wait, you're gonna bring in this guy? I'm gonna I'm like a quality <laughs> control guy, a defensive <laughs> analyst or something." What am I doing here? What am I doing for for a, for a tank? And I'll even say this: this won't this won't be reported or anything. I have to think that this the conversations after yesterday's loss for the Colts were heading toward all right. The season's over. We need to tank. And and maybe the Colts. I think they still buy into Frank Reich. Like I think you still have to say, hey Frank, we still love you. Like the reason we picked you and you've you've won a lot of games for us. We've never given you a quarterback. But you yeah. represented us well. I, I think the guys like him. I mean, they they still seem to well, play hard. He's they just don't have a quarterback. Great character, great leader of men. So it's not about he's a jerk or something like that. No, because Matt Rule was running it like a college program, and this is the NFL. 
Frank Reich is a professional and has won a Super Bowl and went to all those Super Bowls with the Bills and you know, been around forever. So I can't. I, so I think my my theory is whoever in the front office said, "Hey, we gotta we gotta go get a franchise quarterback. We need a top ten pick. Let, let's just kind of ease off this year. We're not gonna try to win games. We're not gonna go try to win the division. The Titans seem to be tough enough. Let, let's just this was our chance. Ellinger's not the guy either. Frank, do you want to be a part of this tank? You don't. All right. Well, then we're just gonna move on. <laughs> Frank doesn't want to be a part of the tank. Yeah. He's like, no, I'm going to keep fighting. I'm going to keep winning. I'm going to keep, I'm going to turn this around. I'm going to turn this around. Eh, sorry, Frank. We don't need you to try to turn it around. Eh, we don't want you. Hey, I think we, I think if we went Nick Foles, let's try Nick Foles. We haven't tried Nick Foles yet. Why don't we try him? I want a Super Bowl with him. Eh, we don't want you to try Nick Foles. He might actually be good. <laughs> the Nick Foles magic might turn things around, but it'll be temporary. We don't want that to happen. We want a top pick. We feel like we have enough in place. We need to go get our franchise quarterback. And, and Frank, are you on board with this? Oh, oh, you're not? Okay, well then, you head out. Let's see who else can we grab. Can we grab somebody? Anybody? Oh, the TV's on. Well, there's Jeff. There's Jeff. Let me call my buddy Jeff. Let's see if Jeff's, Jeff's available. Hey Jeff, do you want to continue to go on on Get Up? You want to keep going on Get Up every day, or do you want to get up and come on over to uh, to Indy, baby? You're in charge. Oh, you don't have a playbook? That's all right. We'll, we got one. We'll use Frank's. We'll use his playbook. But maybe you bring a little bit a little bit of the magic uh, and and just find a way to lose. Actually, no, don't even bring your magic. Don't bring your magic. Don't bring anything positive. Just, just, you're going to be the, the scapegoat. You're going to be the face of the tank for the rest of the way. Uh, cool. All right. You're in. Jeff Saturday's record last year, uh, coaching high school, three and seven. That's your guy, an <laughs> NFL head coach. And in all seriousness, though, the interim job can actually be a great opportunity yes. for certain assistant coaches to prove themselves. And and because Steve Wilkes, if things that you know, if if they were actually playing well, this Bengals game kind of ruined his case. But it gets him back out there. It gets him on the sideline for for people to go. Oh, he's a head coaching candidate, and that's what that interim opportunity is. That is, and that the Colts removed that from anybody within that current staff. Uh, they have a young special teams guy or an up-and-coming head coach. Uh, I'm not familiar with him, but he's on the uh, on the staff. They, they, they didn't bring him in um, to go get Jeff Saturday, who we, we haven't heard his name as a potential head coach at any point. So it's it's wild. Bonkers. Uh, we could talk about it all day, but it's, it's just one of those uh, very, very bizarre stories. <laughs> and it goes back to the bizarre Andrew Luck story. So th th things continue. They had a great run. The Dungy, Tony Dungy's not walking through that door. Peyton Manning's not walking through that door. No. But Jeff Saturday is. Uh, to be fair, Jeff though, Saturday if is. if if Dungy has to spend more time with Jason Garrett on NBC's coverage, he, he may be wanting another coaching gig. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> he may he may be signing up. Yeah. Uh, how, yeah, I was listening to Pat McAfee. He actually is getting on board with this, which is interesting. Um, probably like these friends, you know, with everybody involved. But uh, but he was joking about all the, the list of people to go down before you get to Jeff Saturday. <laughs> yeah, you got to call Peyton Manning first. Yep. You got you to gotta call Dungy, right? I mean, oh, what yeah. do you, Jim Caldwell, bring back somebody. Now we'll go with <laughs> Jeff Saturday. So, again, back to the point. They want a tank. That's, that's what this is. And so, uh, hey, good for them. You guys got a plan. You got a plan to tank, which also means my fantasy team is going to tank as well. So, thank you, Colts. My Super Bowl pick tanked. I'm out. So that's a, that's, that's a tough, tough role for me. Um, all right.
let's uh, we'll shift gears and and jump into unpack this uh, for this week, where we take sports stories related to the Bible, related to our own lives, and we love goofing around talking sports here at, at unpacking it. But more importantly, we love talking about Jesus and encouraging one another to continue to follow Jesus, become more like Him, and and so today. I want to talk about the the get right game. And and yesterday we've mentioned a couple of these games already, but we know throughout the NFL season, some teams will go through, you know, sure, the winning streaks, but also the losing streaks. And, you know, the Bucs had lost a few in a row. The the Lions, of course, had had lost a few in, in a row. And the Bengals, you know, Monday night football uh, against the the Browns, that was an ugly game on Halloween. Um, and so it's always nice to get to, to have the get right game where you, you bounce back from a tough loss or a, a midseason slump. You're able to build some momentum. Uh, you get things sort of clicking again and, and you get that, that much needed win. And in order for that type of game to happen, really what has to, what, what has to happen is teams need to return to playing how they need to they need to regain their confidence and trust, and they need to, to realign the areas of their team that have gotten off track. And so the Bengals, what they had to do is they had to return to running the ball. And Luke, how about Joe Mixon? How about this return to the run game yesterday? I mean, it was painful <laughs> for me as a Panthers fan. Last week on the Fantasy Football Fellowship call, I was we were talking about players have just been perplexed by Joe Mixon was that guy for me. And I guess he heard the chatter because he went off. It, it was, it was fantastic. A guy who's so talented and then just be kind of a sleeper. The Bengals have struggled, but that was amazing. One shy of the record, which is six for a non quarterback. But and he set the franchise record. Oh, franchise. franchise record okay. Yeah. NFL Bengals. record though is, is six. I think Camara is, shares that record but five touchdowns for a running back it's unbelievable and and it, what was interesting why did the Bengals get away from it and so you know they they just sort of they lost themselves a little bit but they returned to the run game returned to Joe Mixon and and it worked out really well and so they got that get right game they got their get right game in a big way uh meanwhile Tampa Bay you know three straight losses and and really throughout the game they struggled but Tom Brady led them on this, you know, dramatic come from behind touchdown drive, final minute, and they were able to beat the Rams. And, and I think what clicked for them on that final drive was, you know, the, the, the trust and the confidence and, and to get that back. Okay. Tom Brady still can win games and, and the, 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 you know, trusting his wide receivers who had let him down at times. So big drops throughout the, the game and the, the season for that matter. Uh, but the, they regained that, that trust and confidence and, and things really clicked for them. And you could see how excited Brady was after the game. And then, you know, believe it or not, this doesn't even make sense again with the, the craziness of the day, hmm. the Detroit lions, they had their get right game against the Packers. What? That's right. They broke a five game losing streak by holding the Packers to nine points. Now, in some ways, it doesn't say much, but for the Lions, that was important for them because they've been way off track on defense. And so they had to realign their defense. And, you know, they made a, a coaching change on, on the defensive side, which I guess that seemed to help. 
Um, but they were able to, you know, make the adjustments, realign, and 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 you know, in recent weeks, they weren't able to stop any opponents. And then yesterday to force Aaron Rodgers to three interceptions, yeah, uh, that was a big deal. So very, very impressive win, even though the Packers stink, which we'll talk about more later, for the Lions perspective. Very important, and 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 yep. that realignment really. No helped matter them. how well or badly the Packers are playing, for the Lions to beat an Aaron Rodgers-led Packers team is a big deal. J- just That's the right. mental hurdle of being able to do that. No question. Yeah, and so good. Good for Dave Campbell there. And, and so, all right, how does all this parallel our our own lives? Well. Many of us can probably relate to whether it's a day or a week or, or even a season where things just aren't clicking for us spiritually. And we're just struggling in, in one way or another. And, you know, we find ourselves in that spot where things are off track. They're, they're just not really clicking. And, and we're, we're in the middle of a losing streak. And what do we need? We need a get right game. And, and, you know, what that means is we, we need to get right with God. We, we need to get things back on track and in sync and, and, and you know, reignite that, that fellowship uh, with God. And, and so, you know, this might look differently for, for each of us as, as we navigate that. But, but I think something we can pull from each of these teams, the Bengals, the Bucks, and the Lions, can actually translate to our own lives. And so when we think about the Bengals returning to the run game, we have to return to living how we need to by returning to God, returning to his word, returning to deep prayer time with him. And so if we've you know drifted down the wrong path, we've gotten caught up in, in worldly things, we've been too busy, then we must return to our anchor and our rock. We got to get back to the run game. We got to get back to the Lord. And, and Lamentations 340 says, let us test and examine our ways and return to the Lord. And so if we've kind of been off doing our own thing, we've got to return. We've got to return and, and, and experience that, that vibrant uh, fellowship and relationship and, and time uh, with the Lord and, and walking you know, closely and, and drawing close to him uh, as well. As far as the Bucks go, you know, they appeared to be lost, confused, frustrated, while the offense you know, really wasn't on the same page. But now, They've regained, they've regained their confidence in one another and trust that they can turn things around this season. It's back. And, and so likewise, if we're filled with worry and confusion and discouragement, we must regain our confidence in the Lord and put our trust fully in him. And so sometimes, you know, when we're experiencing all those negative emotions and thoughts, it's because we, we've lost that, that trust and that confidence and that hope. And so Jeremiah 17, 7 tells us, but blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. So he is our hope. He is our confidence. Um, and so we, we've got to regain that. Um, and, and again, returning to the Lord, then we regain that confidence. We regain that hope. And then lastly, you know, just like the, the, the Lions, you know, they had to tighten up uh, their defense. And so for us, what area of our lives do we need to tighten up and, and what has gotten off track that needs to be realigned. And, and so for the Lions, it was their defense. They had to realign their defense. And, and for us, you know, if we haven't been able to stop our opponent and, and, and you know, we've recently let sin slip through into our thoughts and our actions, then we've got to adjust our defense. We've got to realign 
our, our defense and, and Ephesians 611 in the amplified version encourages us and, and gives us this sort of imagery to put on the full armor of God for his precepts are like the splendid armor of a heavenly, a heavenly, heavily, heavily armed soldier so that you may be able to successfully stand up against all the schemes and the strategies and the deceits of the devil. And so we got to have that defense up. We got to have our guard up. We got to have that armor of God. And so we got to make sure that we're putting that on every day. So we got to realign, readjust, uh, and, and to be prepared to, to you know, go into the battle that we face every day. Um, and so today is the day to, to stop the, the, the losing streak and the ongoing struggles and, and experience a get-right game. We, we need that get-right game if, if we find ourselves in one of those spots. And so let's get right with the Lord by returning to him, regaining our confidence in him, and realigning our lives to be on track with him and his ways. And so that's what you can unpack today. And you can subscribe to receive this in your email inbox Monday, Wednesday, Friday by going to our website, unpackingit.com slash subscribe. Uh, we'd love to know which one of those, you know, uh, three terms maybe resonated with you the most. Returning, regaining confidence and, and, and trust uh, or realigning. And, and, and maybe where, you know, where have you gotten off track in life? Uh, so those are some things to, to consider and think about today. Uh, Luke, what about for you? Yeah, I think of a quote my pastor always shares. This is paraphrasing a quote from Timothy Keller, pastor in New York. Basically, he says, a good thing becomes a bad thing if it becomes an ultimate thing. And I say that because I identify with the, the realignment aspect. And the there's a lot of good things in our lives. So I think of sports. Obviously, we're huge sports fans. But sometimes... Sport, sports are good, and it's not sinful to watch sports, to enjoy sports, but if they become an ultimate thing, if I'm, if I'm organizing my entire schedule around games at the expense of time with my wife, at the expense of time uh, with God's people, if I'm absolutely crushed to where I have bad days following a loss of my favorite team, I've got to get realigned. So mm. practically in my own life, I, that's something I have to be on guard against. Is, yeah, I love sports. I follow a lot of teams. I love watching a lot of games. Madeline was surprised when we first got married when she was like, wait, your team's not even playing. You care about this game? Absolutely. Mm. I want to watch. It's a big game. But I can make sports an ultimate thing, and I have before in different moments in my life, and I've got to get realigned to things I need to be centered around, which is the things of God, time in God's word, time in prayer, time with God's people, serving, time with my wife, with family. So that's kind of how I think in my own life is, especially as followers of Jesus, it's a life of constantly, not in a, a works-based righteousness way, but we should often be looking to make realignments to, okay, we're a little off track here. Okay, we got to fix our eyes on Jesus again. Uh, so that's kind of what I think for, for me. That's right. And, and yeah, we are made right with God through Jesus and, and through his, his death and resurrection and our faith in that uh, and in him. Um, and so that's what makes us right with God in a big picture, uh, you know, heart level, soul level, eternal perspective. But then just our, you know, kind of that relationship and, and the, the fellowship, uh, we, we need to get right sometimes. We, we, get, off, we get off course and, and get off track. And I know for me, I've been sick for the last couple of weeks. So I've just been worn down. And, and so 
you know, the passion or the energy to, to get up in the morning and spend time with the Lord and, and be kind of in that right kind of mindset has been challenging. So I, I've felt that today. So that's kind of why I wrote about this. That I need to get that get right game. I got to get, I got to kind of get right uh, with, with the Lord now that I'm feeling better. Uh, thankfully, uh, it's been quite the journey, but, uh, <laughs> but feeling better. Um, and so now it's like, all right, I got to get right. Got to kind of realign, re-energized, uh, re- renewed a little bit. So um, so yeah, so I resonate with this and I, I hope that a lot of people can be encouraged by this today. We, we, the, the key is we just can't continue down that, that path. Like think about for the bucks, like this, this halts a lot of the negativity surrounding them. Yeah. Right. This was their get right game. Um, and even for the Bengals, the thoughts of, well, what are they going to be able to do without Jamar chase? And, uh, I don't know the Super Bowl hangover for them. Well, this puts, you know, this puts an end to that, at least at least temporarily. Uh, and for us too, so often we can go down that path of, you know, negativity or discouragement or worry. And we need that get right moment to say, all right, God, I, I, I got to realign with you. I got, I got to make sure that, uh, I'm returning to you and to your word. Um, so, you know, that for me today, it was, I got into God's word. That's I got to return to return to him, return to his word. Uh, that's, that's the key there. So, uh, that's the, the, this week's parallel. We'd love to know your thoughts. Uh, if, if you want to leave your comments on the, uh, on the chat. Um, but we've got a, a lot of other topics to, uh, to get to today. And it, I, I think the green Bay Packers is another, you know, team that we've been talking about and, and continue to talk about, uh, they need to get right game. And I'm not sure it's coming. I, I'm not sure for them it, it's coming. And what's so fascinating to think that Aaron Rodgers has been the MVP of the league the last couple of years. They were in the NFC Championship. It was weird in the offseason. Maybe he was going to get traded, and then he wasn't. And last offseason, this offseason, like both were bizarre and the stuff that he does and the stuff that he says. And it's finally, it's finally caught up to him. And it just seems like there's a, a major disconnect with that whole team, the, the whole demeanor of, of Matt LaFleur and Rodgers, it just doesn't feel right, look right. It doesn't give you much, much hope at this point. Because a few weeks ago, I'm like, man, this team's too good not to turn it around. But I think at this point, I, I, I don't see it. I don't see them coming, coming together. And, and so then it, I think a fair question is, well, if Rodgers isn't going to be part of the future, this season is sort of over. The Vikings are running away with it. Uh, which we got to talk about Kirk Cousins in a little bit. Um, what what do we have in Jordan Love? Can we put him out there? What do we can we run the ball with AJ Dillon as our as our main guy? You know, yeah. let, let's give him some more carries. So there's a lot yes. there. So maybe the Packers ought to tank. So you make a great point though. Going forward, the Packers, if they're smart people, they should buy stock in Lafleur and not try to milk this Rodgers thing out. Move on. You're mm. not making the playoffs this year because the NFC wildcard teams are their record. The, it's going to be Dallas uh, and then other teams with good records. Packers are not winning the division, and I don't think they're going to be able to have a good enough record for a wildcard spot. Rodgers is old. He There's a... Not even just a disconnect with Lafleur potentially, but just with the players. And I know he says, you know, players, hey, and some Packers players, hey, you know, yeah, if I'm wrong, I want you to tell me. But gosh, just from the outside looking in, and again, we're not in the locker room, but if I was a receiver, 
I'm, I'm looking over my shoulder. I'm in my head. I'm nervous. I, I feel certainly no trust or confidence from my quarterback, who is also making inexcusable plays. It's not Rodgers. He can't just blame the receivers anymore. Some of these these interceptions against Detroit are like, dude, what are you doing? And the offseason, lack of leadership, they're talking about lack of continuity. Where were you in the offseason? Yeah. So it's just, I think it's time to move on. Just embrace it. You've got a good coach in LaFleur. He's young. You've got some young pieces that can be developed. This year's not the year. Maybe it's time to move on. Man, I know it's it's a crazy thought to to consider when he was the MVP last year, but we we've seen it with quarterbacks. We're just kind of all right. It's it's over. It, it ends. I know, or at it, least in Green Bay, and maybe someone throws him, you know, another opportunity next year. Uh, maybe the Colts will try to go get him. But go <laughs> <laughs> Rivers, get the yeah Rivers, Ryan, Rogers. You gotta oh. gotta keep it going. But um, I yeah, it just it just doesn't it doesn't seem to to ever be turning the corner. And now Romeo Dobbs is out. Aaron Jones is he's banged up. I think he's going to play this week. But um, they they just can't they can't seem to turn the corner. So uh, weird for them. Um, the other you know uh, the the New York Jets. They keep winning. Um, and Boy, Daughtry. Ways. It's not over. It should be their theme song. It's not over by Daughtry. Come on. That's right. Let's go. Chris Daughtry <laughs> leading the way for the Jets. Doing a great job as their head coach. Um, to go from American Idol to the head coach of the Jets. It's been quite the the ride for, for Chris Well, how Daughtry. about the, the Niners coaching tree? Gosh, now New York's strong. looking good. Now in Miami. Mike McDaniel. I, some good coaches are coming from San Francisco. It's impressive. Yeah. No, and, and I, I can't wait to see what the, the 49ers do coming out of their bye. So that's going to be exciting uh, oh, this coming dangerous. week. Dangerous. This was a weird NFL weekend. A lot of teams on buys, a lot of great players on buys, especially from a fantasy perspective. Uh, so, yeah, we had to overcome that in, in many ways, even from a fan just watching games because well, that 4 o'clock window, not as many so, games. So I want to ask you this, and for those listening, if your team is on a bye – do you does that affect how much football you watch? Is your perspective okay? My team's not playing. Yeah, I'll tune in. I'm still a fan, but maybe maybe I get some more things done around the house today. Maybe make another deposit with the wife and the kids today. Or is it now is my time to really dive deep and watch these other teams? I, I wonder. They're certainly both. I wonder what you are. Well, from my perspective, especially the way things have gone for Carolina the last few years, it's a it's a it's a welcomed relief. Oh, phew! The Panthers aren't on this week. So now <laughs> I get a, I get an extra game on Fox. So Panthers didn't lose this week. Yeah. They're on a bye. No, the pa- yeah, whenever that is. Whenever, whenever that, that is, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. They can't lose. That's a wonderful feeling. So because <laughs> um, I feel the obligation to watch the Panthers, but like this Sunday, it was just it's so ugly. And speaking of tanking, so the Panthers are clearly wanting to tank too because they're they're going to stick with PJ Walker. So that you know, I appreciate. Yeah, yeah, he's played well in moments, but he's not he's not the answer at quarterback. And I still think Baker Mayfield is a better quarterback. Baker Mayfield was the number one pick. He's taken the team to the playoffs. He he's better than PJ Walker. So if you're really trying to win games, you you would. And, and Baker looked better yesterday than PJ Walker. Um, so the Panthers clearly are, are tanking as well. But do you want so to you embrace? Go. So if Baker's clearly better, do you still want PJ Walker to keep playing? Are you have you embraced the tank? Do you want I'm to lose tank. as much as possible? 
I don't buy into the tank. No, I buy into winning cultures, finding out which guys are best. And I want, so I want Baker Mayfield to show me, okay, who are my best receivers? Is Terrace Marshall going to be a part of this future? Is Tommy Tremble, the tight end going to be part of this future? So I got to have a quarterback back. I got to have whatever the best is, whatever the best I've got. I've got to put him back there. So uh, to me that this whole idea of we're going to get rid of all our good players and we're just going to go then go get a top quarterback. I, I just don't, I don't get it. Now it's somewhat worked for the Miami Dolphins. So years later, you know, all those picks have turned out really well for them. They've, they've resulted in all these stud players and they ended up getting Bradley Chubb uh, at the, at the trade deadline. And, and so I guess there's a path for it to work, but philosophically, I don't like it. I want to keep trying to win week in, week out. And wherever that leads to, wherever that ends at the end of the season, and whatever pick you've got, you draft the best player in that spot. And if you're like the Chiefs and you see somebody like Patrick Mahomes and you go, all right, we're going to go go get him at, I think it was the 10th pick mm-hmm. when they traded up to get Mahomes. Well, then you do that. That's fine. But, I, yeah, I'm not settling for the number one pick and then I'm going to take – I'm just not doing it. So, yeah. It's it's just hard to if you really sell off all good players, it's easy to get trapped as a bad football team for a while. Just because it's hard to build a winning football team. There's twenty two players that start. That's a lot. A lot of different position groups have to work together. Basketball, it's that's why you have the the lottery in the NBA. It's because if you tank at the number one pick, yeah, you can make the playoffs the next year because five people are on the court. But, gosh, in the NFL... So, I want to ask you this. Brian Burns. Carolina's offered two first-round picks, but Burns is a cornerstone, a a foundational piece moving forward. So, yeah. it makes sense to hold on to him, which is why the Lions trading Hawkinson, kind of questionable. That's a foundational piece going forward, what are you expecting to get? So moving on from from a, a player like Hawkinson, I don't think it's a no-brainer. All right, well, let's just trade a good player, get a pick. Well, no, you drafted him early to be a foundational piece. So moves like that are interesting to me. Yeah, that's a head scratcher. I, I I can't fully endorse trading for him, but also a tight end. He he's not turning that franchise around either. So if yeah. you get another pick. And you almost free him from Detroit as well. And <laughs> then Detroit goes and wins yesterday. They go and win without him. He did well in Minnesota, uh, and they got the win as well. A um, couple other things. So uh, World Series is now over. Houston wins. And, and, and here's our question for today for, for people to jump in on the chat. You know, Dusty Baker, been around baseball a long time, multiple teams, and at 73 years old, gets his first win. And I just was curious, who's your favorite kind of coach or player that won late in his career, that, that took a long time to get that win, uh, you know, Super Bowl, championship, national championship, whatever. Uh, who's that guy for you as a sports fan? Uh, who comes to mind? Um, I thought of Dick Vermeil with the Rams. Like, that was, that was a, a really special team uh, when he won with Kurt Warner and how much that meant to him. Um, so does anybody come to mind for, for you, Luke, and, and yeah. look forward to seeing anybody on the chat? So I'll start just nationally. I mean, Andy Reid's another one who everyone was extremely excited for him to finally get a ring. 
Um, I haven't been able to say Mavs 2011 in quite, I haven't said that in a while because we've been football season, but Jason Kidd, I think it was year 16 or something like that to finally get a ring. And obviously Dirk loses in 06 and then 2011 able to get his ring locally. I mean, that just feels so good for those two guys. And then now for kid to be coaching the team, those guys are Mavs heroes. So it, it just felt so good to see them finally get a championship. But I'm trying to think of other Well, a couple coaches. years ago, we saw Andy, Andy Reid do it. Yeah. Um, not, quite, not quite as old, but, but been around a long time to finally get that Super Bowl win. People were really excited for him. I think people were rooting for him. And, and, and you brought this up. What, what's so interesting about the Astros, and, and just for us as, as fans, is like we could be happy for – Dusty Baker, especially neutral fans. Uh, oh man, I'm happy for him. That's cool. But wait, the Astros, this team a couple years ago cheated and we're in trouble for it. Now they're, they're they're World Series champs, and so it's it's hard to have that excitement on one end when you're just sort of uh, oh, I know frustrated it's, on the other end. It's it, it it really is fascinating because and now they're not and there's a lot of players from that that 2017 Stros team that are gone. But still, key piece, Altuve, Bregman, still on the Astros and other players. But you have that team who everyone hates. Everyone's still rooting against the Astros, unless you're a Stros fan. But Dusty Baker, one of the more beloved people in all of baseball for a long time. He's he's revered for his kindness, his generosity. He's uh, done a lot of things for black coaches and that's been amazing and he goes to houston it's almost like this juxtaposition of we love this coach we want to see him, win. Got him and he goes to the the most hated team it it's it's really interesting really interesting so i'm very happy for him and i'm happy for my friends that are astros fans because i i love when people are able to experience the joy of a championship but gosh i was so bummed when the Stros won Oh, just rubbed me the wrong way. So, so Saturday night, uh, I had a fun, fun night, went out with my two brothers and my dad. We were celebrating one of my brother's 30th birthdays. And so we went bowling and then ate dinner and watched all the games. And so we, we ended up with these great seats. So we had the World Series on, Clemson losing to Notre Dame, LSU beating uh, Alabama. Uh, I guess those were the three games going on at, at that time. So it was a it was a, a wild Saturday night, um, and and in some ways, yeah, all three were were surprising outcomes. Or I like Clemson. I was bummed to see Clemson lose. Now they're essentially out of the college football playoff. Um, and then I root against LSU and and Brian Kelly uh, family. So you know yeah, he's I'm, abandoned. I'm that, that, that's still something so weird because he he's abandoned the country accent quickly. That's right. It didn't last. But, but no, I mentioned at the top of the show, him talking about restoring, or I forget exactly the term that he used, but, but I heard him after the game. LSU to, I mean, yeah, come on. Come on. You, that, you recently had arguably the greatest college football team of all time was a couple years ago. A couple years ago. Yeah. Joe Burrow's in his third season. Come on. So I thought that was, that was pretty weak. And then, you know, the other thing, a, a team like Tennessee who – you know, this awesome college football program tradition, the stadium, the big win a few weeks ago against Alabama. You get to number one in the country. 
and you just can't you can't get the the next marquee win to prove that that you're the team uh, of this year and and so now they're kind of on the outside looking in a little bit uh, as Georgia yeah, to me they should have been number one <laughs> like they're they're the team to beat so until they go down so I wasn't surprised that Georgia won at home um, so yeah they're 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 in the, the that was a huge win for them just to say hey hey guys what what are we doing. Let's not let's not forget about us. Yeah, still got our same quarterback in, in uh, uh, Stitt. What's his name? Like his name escapes me. But uh, their their quarterback who's back for his tenth season. Um, so they're they're set up and and, and rocking and rolling. Um, and then Stetson Bennett, yeah, Stetson Bennett, the fourth. There you go. That's right. And and his, his what season is this? Yeah, he's been he's been there forever. So <laughs> been in college football forever. Uh, but cool story. Happy for him. And now they you know they're nine and zero. TCU now jumps into the top you know kind of four. We'll see where the college football playoff rankings. Yeah, right, my, right in my backyard here. We're like we live like three minutes from TCU's campus, so oh, it's hot really? in here. Oh nice. Oh yeah. Oh that's so great. The the sun is rising on the frogs, but huge test against Texas this weekend. So yeah, because they're coming off at, win at Texas. So we'll see. Yeah, I do want to uh, comment on uh, on your bowling experience. It's potentially life quandary shenanigans, but we were talking before the show. Is there another sport like bowling that is the perfect sport to compete as just an individual of all ages? You can go bowl with friends, and you can compete with... And it's a sport that you could play forever and enjoy. So you're playing with your brothers. I can go play with anyone, and it's amazing. I took two classes in college. Unbelievable. The same bowling class twice. And it was the greatest decision ever. Gosh. So I, I just love that you, you guys went bowling. Three brothers, all in their 30s. But it delivers yeah, every got... time. It does. And I know no, Kaz, I... I've written up Kaz, loyal listener, watches pro bowling. So shout out to I Kaz. There. He's our bowling insider. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm all in on, I love bowling. I think it's so much fun. I've never been in a league. I've never taken two classes in college. I would say I'm an average bowler, but man, Saturday night, I could not, I, I couldn't get strikes. I could only, I could only roll nines. I was niner night all night. Uh, so that was, uh, that was disappointing. So, uh, the brother that we were celebrating, he won in bowling. So I, I, I let him win. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta let the youngest brother win every once in a while, which we did do for a while. Him. We did that for a while because I'm six years older than him. So, like, when we were playing basketball as kids, we would let – like, his his baskets would count, you know, three points and ours would count one or whatever. Well, then within a few years, he was taller than me, stronger than me, faster than me, and now he beats me at everything except for fantasy. So, I still have fantasy football. <laughs> that's the one uh, That's the one I hang on to. Well, your, dyna- with, your, your big dynasty league, are you still in last place this year? I am not, but I had a very rough week. And I've, I've, I was in on the Colts this year, so it's not mm. – not going well. That's that's for sure. Um, so, all right. Well, there you, there you go. So I'm, I'm all in on bowling. Uh, now I want to get back out there. I got to work on my game a little bit. Oh, yeah. Um, so I, I had a roommate in college. He had his own bowling shoes. That's what I, that's the level I want to get to. Interesting. Versus, you know, the, the, the community bowling shoes. Well, because, see, I want to join a team, and I wonder if there's any listeners who are on a bowling team. Mm. I, don't, I don't have any friends who – I wonder when you age into that. I'm still in my 20s. I wonder if that's a 30, 33 and older type of thing. I don't know. At least in King of Queens, uh, you had to be a little older. Um, but I, I think that would be so much fun 
But I also realize if I entered into that space, I would be bowling against diehards with the wrist brace. They're, they're, yeah. They've got the towel for the bowling their ball, ball every time. Their own yeah. ball, their own backpacks, and the rolling bag. Oh, I mean, so I, I understand that, what I would be walking into. So that's, that's funny you bring that up, too, because I like bowling. I'm not sure I want to be bowling guy, though. I like golf, <sighs> but I don't, I don't like to be golf guy. You're golf guy. You like to show up with your, uh, your divot repair and your little towel <laughs> and, you know, you got to have the, the latest, you know, trendy clothes. And, you know, a lot of our listeners are golfers. To be fair, fun. golf guy, way cooler than bowling guy. That's your opinion. That's uh, your opinion. Okay. Here's the thing. Just, Either guy is it's just your optics. Guy. Your optics. Guy, Which person are you willing to like more? Hey, I could hang out with that guy. Golf guy, good set of clubs, looking good in the golf clothes, or bowling guy with his wrist guard. I think it's gonna be golf guy. I don't know. The humble guy. The bowling guy might be humble guy. <laughs> I don't know. Those are different. Those are different groups. I got friends on both ends, so I, I can. I, it just depends on the guy, I guess. But I'm not willing to be all in as golf guy, bowling guy, or even basketball guy with the goggles and the headband and the high socks. Because <laughs> you're a swimming guy with the Speedo well, and the shaved chest fair. and the shaved right, legs. There you go. There you go. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Any chance you could talk about me and my Speedo, you find a chance. You find it. I'm goggle <laughs> guy. It. That's true. I am goggle guy. <laughs> I've, never, I, I've never done the full, you know, the full on shave. So don't give me, don't give me that. To me, like to shave off a a, a tenth of a second on my time, I Not was never it. I was never on a high enough level for that. I promise. <laughs> Not worth it. No way. No, all no, the all my a lot of buddies in high school uh, who would shave their arms, baseball players, like oh yeah, way better for aerodynamics when pitching. Like uh, yeah, I'm just not going to buy that. It, you just can't pitch. You just your curveball just isn't doing it. Shaved arms not going to help, man. So it's just no. not worth it. No, not thank you. It. No, uh, we do have some listeners that are bowlers, so I like it. So I, it sounds like the we're, comments are flooding in. I, I, it's, yeah. it's a good surprise. I like it. So both both guys are fine. We're not. I'm not saying one guy's better than the other. I'm just saying you're there. There are the guy out there True. that you can find on, on both on both ends. <laughs> it probably is opposite spectrum. I think that's that's fair too. Yeah. All right. Speaking of uh, that guy, um, we got to talk to Henry Bienname here in a moment. But uh, but we are brought to you by MediShare, and and so we announced earlier. We we're so excited about Sugar Creek Coffee. Uh, we're also so thankful for MediShare and their continued support. And, and excited to uh, also share and kind of announce as well uh, that, that MediShare, the, the nation's leading healthcare sharing ministry, uh, which actually call, it's called Christian Care Ministry, uh, which MediShare is a part of that. Um, they're the first ministry to be awarded accreditation from the Independent Healthcare Sharing Accreditation Board. And so this accreditation provides third-party validation and additional reassurance about the integrity and credibility of the MediShare program as a viable option for families looking to manage healthcare costs in a way that is consistent with their beliefs. And, and so check out MediShare.com slash unpacking it. It's open enrollment time and you're making, you know, changes to uh, your, your healthcare situation for next year. Uh, consider MediShare. So, uh, so that's really cool. The, the validation, um, the accreditation, 
uh, is huge. So that should give you more confidence to, uh, to check it out and figure out if MediShare is the right fit for you and your family. Uh, it has been for, for my family, and so I encourage you to, to look at MediShare.com slash unpacking it. All right, let's, uh, let's do a little tap drill. We, we need to talk a little college basketball. That starts tonight and, and some of the other stuff going on in the sports world. Henry, how you doing? What's going on, boys? It's good to be back with you again. We got we got the we got the pool we got the golf guy, we got the bowling guy. But there's one guy that you really haven't talked about. You haven't talked about the billiard guy, the Ooh, guy that goes to the, the guy that goes to the billiard hall. And I was that guy for like my my whole twenties. I had my Ooh. own I had my own billiard stick. I had my own pouch. Came in and you you know the guy that screws in the billiard stick right before, right before he gets there with the one finger glove on and the oh, no. I didn't even know about the one finger glove. Yeah, it's the one finger glove because wow. when you got you got to get the the least resistance when you're pulling back on the billiard stick. Uh, that, there's my what. problem. You don't want to mess with those one- guys. <laughs> Never had the one-finger glove. No wonder one I struggled. That's what's been holding you back. There's another guy we left out, and it's Fred, It's new haircut guy. I guess I didn't get the memo. Bryce, new haircut. Henry with a new haircut. So I'm feeling a little left out today. Um, but Get it together, Luke. I Come know. on. Come on. Look, look fresh once in a while. Okay. Nah, Cass, don't forget table tennis guy and dart guy. Drill going, and we're going to go right with Bryce. The new NCAA season in basketball starts tonight. And it's a straight-up question. What are you guys looking forward to of this upcoming season? So, of course, for me, as a Duke fan, John Shire taking over. You know, yeah. what, what does that transition look like? And how does he handle adversity? So, at some point, Duke's going to lose, probably. Uh, how does he handle it? How does, you know, how does he handle that, the, the pressure of, of taking over for a legend? Uh, so, that'll be really intriguing. And then, of course, staying close to Duke. You know, how does UNC bounce back, from, not bounce back, continue what they, they did last year, you know, losing in the championship. A lot of the players are back. Do they now from the get-go remain on the scene, remain a, a winning team? Because remember, they came on late last year. They, they, their success came late. Will they from the get-go with all eyes on them, will that, that continue? Uh, and then lastly, Drew Timmy back in Gonzaga. How good will Gonzaga be this year? And will this finally be the year for them? We've been waiting. Is this the year? Is this the year? Uh, Mark Few could sort of fit into that Dusty Baker. He's not quite that old, but the coach you've been waiting forever. That's what I was going to say is outside of rooting for KU and A&M, I want to see Mark Few get a ring so bad. Gonzaga's not hateable. I don't think they're a hateable powerhouse. They're very lovable, I think. And I would love to see Mark Few get a ring. And also, interestingly, there's been chatter that Gonzaga could join the Big 12, potentially. And if Gonzaga joined the Big 12 with Kansas basketball, Tech basketball, Baylor basketball, that would be fascinating. So I'm certainly rooting for that. And just I'm just so excited to watch college basketball. Oh, I love it. It's so exciting. My weeknights, there's another thing to watch. So... Very we talked about very earlier excited. spending some time with your wife. This doesn't help. This time of year is tough. Gotta realign. I and I I told her, I said, This is this is a great time of year for sports, and I'm gonna do my best because I love you. But you're gonna have to have grace for me. It's a lot challenging. Of grace. 
It is. I think we're all. I think we're all gonna need grace after after listening to 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 Luke and his wife and sacrificing for for sports here. But speaking of sports, let's move on to college football. Now we all know about the college football shakeup. We had Clemson going into Notre Dame and losing. We had LSU beating Alabama, and then we had Kansas winning. I believe it's Kansas. You're Jayhawks. Oh yeah. And once again with the ripping down of the goalposts guys are we done doing this i'm like we the last time tennessee took their goalpost and threw it into the pond or to the river or whatever body of water that was and got fined one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and then had to replace two goalposts so are we finally done with ripping down of the goalposts so it's it's that com. I think this is a good com- conversation for us as a a ministry for sports fans and and looking at okay where are we at as sports fans. We this has popped up over the over the course of the you know almost two years we've been doing this live podcast. We've seen a lot of storming the court, storming the field, tearing down the goalpost, you know the 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 crazy celebrations. And I've my thought my where I come out on all of this. I had tremendous memories at app rushing the field, tearing down the goalpost, taking it all over campus. Um, and it was, it was a one, I did it one time, one time uh, with a full on. And then when we won the national championship, we rushed the, the field as well in celebration. Well, that but makes if sense. You, but if you, yeah, but if you do it all the time and I never understand when a top 10 team beats another top 10 team from the same conference, like with LSU, why, why are you rushing the field? I, I just outrageous. That, that's what I just when you again when you just won the championship a couple of years ago. I can't get behind that. Georgia um, didn't rush the field against Tennessee, and I had so much respect for their fans. Yes. So yes. It's just on. You can't do it. I, and I, I mean, this has become my soapbox. I mean, storming the field, rushing the court should only be reserved for obvious situations, miracle upset, yeah. winning on a hail mary. Yeah a national championship, LSU beating Alabama, you should never rush the field. You should, you should never rush it. the field. Now, I don't know if this is hypocritical, but Kansas rushing the field, I'll allow it. You're getting bowl eligibility for the first time since 2008. Rush the field. But yeah. tearing down the goalposts, let me just park here for a second. <laughs> let's, just, let's just logically discuss this. My team won. Let's trash our stadium. Let's ruin our things. I, logically, it makes no sense to me. Let's break down our goalposts because we won. I, it may, I, maybe it's just when we rush the field, it's just mob mentality. It is. Nothing, nothing makes sense. We're just going to go crazy. We're going to start destroying our own property. So I, it's just mob mentality explains it, but. It just because yeah, I think the, the yeah. celebration and being with everyone cheering and, and all that, because it is hard in the in the crowd or in the, you know, the the bleachers to truly celebrate with everybody and to see everybody and all that. So you it's like the one central location you flock to the center of the field. So I do understand that, but it also loses its luster when it happens so often. It's just annoying. And, Even yeah. power five team beating power five team. Unless there's other things going on, like Kansas bowl eligibility, which maybe this is just a homer take, but you, you shouldn't do it. A big school beating a big school, that's not for a championship. 
Yeah, I just I uh, I struggle. Had some issues if too, every some, time Bama loses, the team storms and... the field. Every time uh, over the past two years, Bama loses, they storm the field. It's just it's just annoying. Yeah, LSU fans should yeah. be ashamed of themselves because it makes you look bad. That that's uh, what LSU fans. It makes them look like a high school team that just beat Bama. No, no, oh, you're LSU. You won the national championship recently. You're the number ten team in the country. You should expect to win, not rush yeah. the field. That's right. That's right. No, it's 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 fascinating. Uh, all right. Well, if we we'll, we'll bring it up again. I'm sure because there'll be another it situation. Gets me so heated. That's right. And and in basketball, speaking of college basketball starting oh. up, every game Duke loses, the teams <laughs> rush the field. Oh, so no. I, I see it all the time. Well, not all the time, but I've seen and it. There, yeah, all the time. All the, the time. One They're guy. Does there have to be the one guy that has to ride the goalpost as they're carrying it out? Isn't it oh, enough yeah. for, for 15,000 people to carry it out? And where are they going with it? I'm like, how do we decide Again, where it is that it ends up? The the craziness of the mob decides I don't, it. I don't get it. it. makes no I sense. I have, a, I have actually, I have a whole spiritual parallel to this that I, I, I've preached on, actually. Um, so we'll save that for another day. But go ahead. Next one, Henry. All right, one more. Let's get one more in. And we're going back to the NFL, and we're going to the 7-1 and one Minnesota Vikings. Now, Luke's guys, Vikings. which is more surprising, that the Vikings are actually 7-1 and one, or Dad Bod Kirk Cousins on the airplane? <laughs> hey, let's give him some respect. The dude, the, the, the dude is cut. He, is, he has done well for himself. And uh, he looks very athletic and fit. However, it's <laughs> maybe no however. Good for him. We'd all be doing the same thing. Bryce, you and me, if we were on a plane and people were putting jewelry on us, gassing us up, we'd be doing the same cringy dance moves. So, well, I thought Kirk, I thought the Kirk Cousins, the fist in the air back and forth is a very safe <laughs> dance that I can get behind. I think this is a great dad dance. So I, I'm in. I don't know who gets credit for it, but if Kirk Cousins can kind of take this to the mainstream and take it to the next level, I, I'm in. And you know what's funny? I saw the video a couple times. I didn't know it was Kirk Cousins. I thought it was from the, the Astros. I thought it was a baseball player. Well, I didn't think it was Kirk he's Cousins. He's also wearing his Clark Kent Superman glasses. So yeah. I was like, who is this guy? And, and, and the gold chains. I mean, this is like straight and narrow, you know, stiff. Kirk Cousins, like, <laughs> you know, not real interesting, you know, just Mr. Dad type guy. Kirk Cousins is becoming a legend. I think we're we're going to jump on the Cousins bandwagon for this <laughs> Vikings Super Bowl run. I really oh, do. Yeah. I think, I think fans are going to start to come around on Kirk Cousins. We finally came around with him this year with fantasy. We encouraged everybody on the Fantasy Football Fellowship Show to go in on Kirk Cousins. So that's working out pretty well for you. Um, and, and now... He's a he's a dancing legend, and and his teammates are rallying behind him, and it's it's fun. Good for Kirk. Yeah. So Love there you it. go. So there's tap drill. Tap and there's drill tap drill for you. And in the words of Kirk Cousins, you like that. You like that. It. It's still what was that? You like that? You like that? Yeah, that's oh, still yeah. a great. It was line. a command. <laughs> it wasn't a question. Yeah, one of the great one of the great lines for sure. Um, so uh, I just got a text from a, a, a Colts fan. He's all excited about Jeff Saturday. He might be the only one. I don't. I, I can't. I don't understand the excitement because, well, actually, even over the weekend, my brother, he's like, "Man, the Panthers should just get Luke Keekley as the head coach, <laughs> no experience and all that." And and I can't get behind that. I, I appreciate and respect 
the position of the head coach and I don't, you know, I don't know how hard it is. I gather how hard it is based on watching football for a long time. Not anybody can do it, and he can't come off the street and do it. And, and to me, it's disrespectful to put Jeff Saturday in that situation. Uh, I, I, think it's, I think it's unprofessional, and I, I just I can't get behind it. As much as I like Jeff, and again, as much as I want it to work, I, I just think it's shocking and, and bizarre and doesn't make sense unless you want to tank. That's the only <laughs> thing that makes sense to me. Now, if he proves us wrong... And they go out and win. I don't know who they have this week, but uh, if they go out and win, if they win any games the rest of the way, it'll be shocking. It'll be it'll be nuts. I will say I can't wait to watch the Manny cast tonight to get Peyton's thoughts on this. Oh, so that'll that's be a fun. great former center. So it's must They've watch. They've got to get Jeff tonight. Saturday to call in. How great would that be if Jeff oh, Saturday was a guest? Great. That would be fun. Gosh, they got the they got the Raiders coming up next. Oh, a very Ooh. winnable game. Jeff Saturday wins. They're gonna, they'll put him on. The, they'll tear down the goalposts. They'll, they'll <laughs> lift him up and take him off the field if they. If but they if win. the Raiders, if the Raiders win, they'll tear down. They'll tear down the goalposts because they're desperate. Right. I mean, that, I'm, my I'm eyes desperate. are going to be bleeding watching that game. It's going to be well, bad. I'm just happy that I'm just happy that we don't have to waste any more pancakes. If if you've ever watched uh, Get Up, Jeff Saturday has a segment where he talks about uh, big guys, the offensive linemen, defensive linemen, pancaking other guys, and he literally brings in pancakes, and he's throwing them on the floor. Why are we wasting good pancakes? I'm I, just I saying. I love pancakes. Oh, yeah. I'm just pancakes. saying. A waffle guy. So Jeff Saturday is the coach. No more pancakes on the floor. <laughs> no, that's a, good, that's a very fair point, so I'm, I'm glad about that. I had chicken and waffles Saturday night, and no silverware, ate it with my hands. So that was a that was a fun time. Yeah. How about the only that? way to certainly do it. you could have asked for silverware. I no, could have. No. I could <laughs> have. Oh, Henry's saying no. So no, I was I was no. right. I, I was right with that. No, okay. no, no silver, especially if it's the Belgian waffle pan, the Belgian waffles. No, 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 no. Okay. Chicken and waffles by hand with the barbecue sauce, with the syrup, with the bib on all day. Well, I did not have a bib. And I did not have barbecue sauce. I didn't have the syrup. So, and they, and they were delicious. There you go. There's our show today. There's Luke. <laughs> There's Henry. Great job. Go get some chicken and waffles. They're fantastic. But speaking of, go get some Sugar Creek coffee. SugarCreekCoffee.com, our newest sponsor. And use the promo code UNPACK. So, uh, so check it out. Check out some delicious coffee for sure. For Luke, Henry, I'm Bryce. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day, and talked about during the this segment, we, we talked about the get right game, and, and so many of us today, we need that get right game, that get right, get right with the Lord, get, you know, kind of get back on track, get realigned. Return to the Lord. Uh, so I encourage you to uh, to do that today and uh, enjoy Him for who He is and how much He loves us and, and rest in His grace. Uh, so that's uh, that's the encouragement. You can read that devotional on unpackingit.com slash subscribe to uh, receive that in your email inbox. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast presented by MediShare. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. 
We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week. 